as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Hey everybody, welcome to those Dramatic Podcasts where we discuss geopolitics, national security, and a bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young. Joining me today is... Tom Durham. And Sean McGuffin. And recording on March 31st, 2023. Hey, we're back. It's been like a month or so. Uh, you know, herding cats usually as, as it goes, you know, with this podcast, uh, trying to do stuff. You lazy shit. I mean, a little bit. Yes. I, I mean, my cat is lazy shit. I'll be honest. He had his breakfast today, 8.30. He sat in a chair he's not supposed to sit into, occupied it. He did not get up until 4.30 p.m. And so how did that affect uh, Putin's uh, ICC? <laughs> so, so anyway. I think, I think essentially him getting out of that chair and was him giving up that chair is yeah. about as likely as Putin being brought before the head. You're realizing you're talking about like a 12-pound cat, right? No, he's 13 and a half now. Oh, oh big well, boy. Makes he's still difference. in healthy weight. Did, did you check on him through the day make sure he's still alive? Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. He did those things where you poke him. And then the cat gives like a, they're too lazy to just bother me out. So they just open their mouth, don't even open their eyes, and they go back to sleep. Colleen's like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully Colleen never listens to these uh, anymore. She, she's so pretty. I love her so much. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking, we're going to discuss the recent arrest warrant issued by the International Criminal Court for Russian President Vladimir Putin. But before we that, we have a couple of things we want to discuss. It's been on the news, especially the last 24 hours. So yeah, Trump got indicted, which is not really... So speaking of presidents, you know, getting charged with, you know, <laughs> with, uh, crimes. with crimes, you know, for basically paying hush money to a porn star, you know. What do you mean basically? Exactly that. I mean, yeah. it, let this be a lesson to all that if you're going to have an affair and you're going to pay off the person, take it out of your own goddamn bank account like a grown up. I mean, but yes, <laughs> don't that would take have other people's money to do it. I think actually if all you're of gonna do, you might as well just do that. Like, yeah. just. Take from your own bank Don't account. use Take cam- on cash if you need. Don't to. use public campaign funds. I'm sure there's some other morals in there as well. Well, that's you know that's what I interpret from this. I mean, yeah, that's a good takeaway. So, I mean, that was definitely like a celebration thing. I'm surprised. Your poor wife. I'm surprised. I'm <laughs> sur- listen to that's this. the moral <laughs> you take away from this. Anyway, I'm like, hey, hey, Zara, listen to the first five minutes of the podcast. You, you just, just for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't like celebrations in the streets in D.C. Uh, or maybe there was. I just missed. Them. I think it's. I think it's more just. It's for so long. There's just been this constant news of oh he's going to die. Yeah. Oh he's going. Yeah. And it's now. It's just until he's brought before the court because the next stage of this um, is the surrender. Great legal terminology. Um, and where they essentially he goes before the court and they fingerprint him, pictures of him. Mark now, up. yeah, they basically. You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, of course, a lot of it's going to be public be a bit different because it's an ex-president but essentially like once that's happened and essentially that since from my stand mugshots are always public so once that's like out i think that's when people go wild or they'll wait to hold until he's found guilty of yeah one but of I mean, the alleged take... what is it supposed to be like 34 charges fraud like, yeah i mean that, that's a lot um but so is he gonna it's... be more orange than his jumpsuit it'll Who's be looking? close well i think i think the jumpsuit would be more just simply because after a while, you see. I don't think you can get spray tans in prison. Mm. So there'll be a color changing effect every time. Is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like a chameleon. I was just supposed to say chameleon. <laughs> well, what I think it's actually more interesting is that there hasn't been more of a uh, more of a physical reaction from uh, people on the right because uh, on the news is talking about it, but that's what the news does. The news talks a lot. 
there hasn't been, at least from what I've seen so far, uh, a lot of or really any real significant uh, public demonstrations or public actions uh, by conservatives besides just what we see on the news. I think, I, I'm sure there will be some. I think part of it, it's also like a... At the courthouse will be interesting, I think uh, on Tuesday or Mondays. I think it's, it's like once it down. becomes more like official, then people who might be more denies fake news will step in on it, like actually start. It's also just um, a lot of his most fervent supporters are kind of people that are convinced that the cities are these very dangerous places. So a lot of them, honestly, are probably just too scared to even go to New York City. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but um, we're not talking about that, so we're moving on to uh, another great thing that happened last last night or yesterday was uh, Turkey finally ratified in its parliament that Finland can join NATO, so in the next yeah. coming days they're going to make the formally, you know, Finland be a part of NATO, which has been an ongoing thing, so that's really good news, you know, again, related to Russia, because, you know, the only reason Finland decided to do it was because Russia invaded Ukraine. What a massive fuck-up from Russia. They had... A country that was perfectly fine being neutral throughout the entirety of the Cold War, when they're like well, toppling governments and it's Hungary also and just Czech, like I mean now no also but the thing too is also they're on the Swedes the Swedes the Swedes were neutral in both world wars the Swedes have been neutral throughout the Cold War like actually this is the thing that made them like come into it I mean part of it is because they they're they're pragmatic people and know that. In a war, Norway would just simply ignore their neutrality and, you know, use their roads on their way to Finland. But at the same time, though, like, that's that's hugely significant that now you have all that. Because that is a long stretch of border now that yeah. NATO shares with Russia, right? Because before now, it was it was just the Turkish border, uh, Russia, and then you had... Well, um, Turkey doesn't border, border them anymore. Oh, that's right. Um, I get... Yep. Oh, yeah, that's who, right. Who are you supporting well, in this war? Mm, yeah. I think I think it's probably because I'm I've been playing too much uh, Hearts of Iron Four, and so I'm looking at the old World War Two map. Oh, shut up! <laughs> the hell up. I'm gonna blame that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they have a massively enlarged border now, extremely close to Saint Petersburg. Yeah, uh, I mean, not that Estonia wasn't already right next to it. Anyway. The pressure's off Kaliningrad. You mean on Kaliningrad? <laughs> well, it's a little on now because it, because now all this now we have to put more forces up there in uh, Finland. So now there's a little less of them staring down. I mean, you know, Collingrad, ah, Collingrad screw appeared, but like, yeah. yeah. But um, and then also and the last kind of thing that was is just notable mention is that Austria had like Zelensky, President Zelensky of Ukraine, uh, had a like a tell like a virtual speech at at the Austrian Parliament, and about most of the far right walked out of it, so the not Nazi Nazi parties. Um, <laughs> um, did a walkout. I mean, the parties that just like barely skate along the yeah. uh, the, the anti-Nazi the laws. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, no swastika. It has three on there, not four. <laughs> We've only culturally appropriated a different religious symbol. Well, only quoted Hitler three times this week. But so the news he's talking about <laughs> is they all walked out in the middle of the of his parliamentary speech, and I think they put signs on their seats saying like "Give peace a chance" or something like that. Which yeah. is now Austria constitutionally after the Second World War is not allowed to do a whole bunch of stuff. They're not allowed to join alliances. They're not allowed to join Germany unless they get permission, basically from, um, from the five different countries. Yeah, yeah, five different countries have to sign off with it for if they ever give any interland to. Yeah. Germany, like again, it's uh, but it, but it was very, it was very much so that they're uh, making a statement of affiliation with well, a a regime that probably, as far as overall values, more closely represents what they're about. 
and part of it too came out of after World War Two with Germany and a lot of Europe being carved up. The Austrians very much just wanted the occupying uh, Allied forces to leave, and so part of it was an that agreement was for them to yeah. get them like. It was kind of just, how do we get both the Russians, Americans, everyone, how would we get all of you to leave? And that was essentially, it was just the absolute guarantee of the neutrality. Yeah, I mean, they're basically, I mean, they're also, they're kind of like, I mean, they're giving humanitarian aid to Ukraine, but they're not providing weapons like other countries are. But, I mean, they essentially, they came out and just like, you know, like, oh, they, they're, they've they also had a support for Putin in the past. It's kind of like, you know, even after the, the arrest warrant went out, they're like still kind of like, oh, we, you know. They're like, oh, we're being neutral, but it's like, you're, no, you, you have a side, it's, just, it's not Ukraine. There's only one Switzerland, and that's Switzerland. Yeah. You can't be the Germaic Switzerland, because there's already a Germaic Switzerland. Yeah, I mean, it's Swiss, Switzerland. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Switzerland's what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Switzerland's just snowy, rich hillbillies. He's been waiting to say that for like two hours, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who's been to Switzerland, I didn't get any hillbilly-esque vibes. I mean, yeah, no shit. Because they're rich. Yeah, but I've been around rich hillbillies. They are not like that. <laughs> Ruining the joke, Tom. Yeah, shut oh. the fuck up. I mean, I, th- I just think Ryan now needs to take a trip out to like Idaho and Montana, and he'll see what he what I mean. Where do you? It's just called his cousins. What do you mean? <laughs> going no, out? No, no, we're we're all we're East Coast people. We don't we don't go to the middle of the country. Anyway, for um, those in the middle of the country. Um, Austria is, think of it as kind of like the Canada to uh, Germany. That's basically how it works. I'm sure every Austrian will agree Is with Kentucky that. the middle of the country? It's only one state in from the coast, but of course, like, I got family from there now. I mean, I, fa- I mean, they're, I they're not the, the most educated people in the country. I found the Midwest, and I live, I've lived in the Midwest more than I've lived on the East Coast. Oh, so. yeah, I forgot, I forgot you're from there. Yeah. Anyway. Mine, you coastal elite shit. Fucking right. <laughs> I don't deny it. I don't care. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but before we're going to talk about the International Chrome Accord, before we get to that, we'll just get to our beer we're drinking. We're drinking Grosch. So basically, I there's the most exported beer in uh Netherlands. That's where the the ICC is based, is in The Hague. Uh, is Nice theming. Is Heineken. And Grosch is, I didn't want a Heineken, so I got the second best imported, exported beer, which is this, this Grosch. I haven't had this beer in like 13 years, the last time I was in the Netherlands. Yeah, nice. Cheers, boys. Cheers. You're going to be hearing that bottle the entirety of your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, it's a solid Pilsner. It is. The Dutch have never let me down, alcohol-wise. What yeah. if they let you down outside of alcohol-wise? You know, I think... The Dutch character in the third um, Austin Powers movie could have been a little stronger. I thought the the representation was a little weak there. So there are two types of people that hate in this world: people who hate other people's people and the Dutch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would you give the rank the ranking out of uh, out of five? As someone who normally does not drink pilsners, honestly, I'd give this about a four. I like it. I, I mean, it's a perfectly standard good pilsner. I'd say three, three and a half. I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, because uh, I'm just right. more Untapped generous. App. Yeah. The uh, for the last World Cup, uh, I was over at Tom's here's house, and I started handing out Dutch jerseys because I think I own like three, and they're all this. You like, speak some Dutch. Oh yeah, I, I speak enough Dutch to convince you I speak Dutch, not to convince the Dutch I speak Dutch. That's Goedemorgen. So it's so it's a lot like uh, my Spanish. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. So the International Criminal Court was, uh, I mean, it's kind of like a long, it was kind of a long time coming, really, because like after 
they wanted to have a permanent body for you know trying war crimes and crimes against humanity but you know after the second world war you know, we had the tribunals in in germany and japan trying and all the stuff that happened during that time and you know if you don't know what happened, Google it because I mean, you're you're. No one listening to this podcast doesn't know about Nuremberg, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. Come on. Um, I, at least I would hope they they do. Yeah, no, we're too deep down the rabbit hole. Please continue. And uh, and then it kind of like came back up again, especially like in the 90s with the uh, International Criminal Tribunal in the former Yugoslavia, so ICTY, and the International Tribunal for Rwanda after the genocide there. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they basically went through the process of like several years taking the the construct the rome statute um which grew into force in july 1st 2002 and it was formally established uh actually i went there um their 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 temporary building in in 2009 for a study abroad trip in den Haag. yeah the hague the hague show off <laughs> <laughs> I used, Ryan, to, but I used for, to live uh, in that for, city. So, but yeah. for uh, <laughs> to Sean, for just hitting that, that sounds just right. Or I assume it's just right. It sounds just right. The, sounds right. the Dutch have a great accent. I have zero vocabulary. Moving on. But yeah. So yeah, they have a good building. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, it was, I mean, we just learned about the ICC and stuff like that. And like, it was related to terrorism, sort of. So like. Yeah. It, but also, the ICC is different than the, the UN and such because not, not everybody in the world is is members of it like say the united states yep. for various reasons um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that because we don't sign shit we'll get we'll official get, u.s policy don't we'll, sign we'll, we'll get to the u.s but yeah, yeah. They, they have 123 members yes um which is about 80 some shy of the 200 and what is it up to now 210 212 depends. members like of the, the un that's the, of the olympic UN. numbers yeah well the oh no no sorry the un it's about 190 some members and in the olympics it's like 200 some because yeah. Hong Kong gets its own, yeah, a bunch team. of people do. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. And then it's, it's basically supposed to be a court of last resort, so it's just like if no one can try these people, then they are going to do it. Like you know, some countries have the ability to do it. It's like we, in the U.S., we've tried people for crimes in Afghanistan and such. Um, again, another it, recently, Australia is uh, issued charges for murder as a crime against humanity uh, for uh, a former Australian SAA soldier. Who killed a man in Afghanistan in twenty twelve? So they're they've recently um, arrested him, charged him, and released him on on bail. So he's just hanging out, waiting to be tried. Mm. That's going to take a while, probably. Naturally. Um, so yeah, so Australia's able to do it. So they don't. So the the the, the international ICC wouldn't. Jesus, the ICC would not uh, intervene. Yeah, it's. It is. I think the. Uh, like other former heads of states have been charged in the past. Uh, but this is, uh, for lack of a better word, the first time that, you know, one of the most important countries in the world has been, uh, had their head of state charged. And also it's unusual that they're charged while they're still in power. Uh, Little and why I said war is still going on too. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that and the court is not prosecuting absentia. So it's not like yeah. they're, they're not just basically just like okay, we're gonna have a trial for Putin, but he's not gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go over some of the different crimes. It's just like it's like they have like several. Wait, what's up? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it's like genocide, you know, which is just genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, crimes against aggression, offenses against the administration of justice. So basically, it's just like you know, which is trying to stop someone from prosecuting is one of the bigger things. So it's just like. 
Obstruction of justice. Yeah. Basically. Well, and I think the crime that he was specifically hit with is the deportation or really the stealing of children from Ukraine uh, into Russia. Because him, along with the woman in charge of that program of, you know, re-educating kidnapped, uh, you know, kidnapped kids are the two charged. And that's when he's hit with. And they, I know there has at least been discussion of maybe trying to hit him with a genocide charge as well. But they don't really want to use the G word yet because, yeah. well, having international lawyers talk about what and what is not a genocide is some of the most annoying discussion you will ever find if you oh, deem yeah. to, to the, it. To this day, um, I mean, like, there isn't even an internationally accepted, like, definition for terrorism or, yeah. or like, genocide, a lot of these things, which a lot of people assume there is. And, coincidentally, it's always what they assume, you know, it's yeah. their version of it. But... That is something that is a lot of people don't understand. Even a lot of people who work in international relations, there is no universally accepted definition. Even among like uh, a lot of like strong alliances of uh, nations with very shared ideals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 in my notes, I have genocide as acts committed with intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, eth- ethnical, <laughs> racial, or religious. I don't know why I messed up with that word. It's like killing members of a group, causing serious body or mental harm to members of a group, deliberate inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction, posing measures intended to prevent births within the group, forcibly transferring children of the group to another group, which is something that Putin mm-hmm. has been charged with. Yeah. Putin and uh, what's her face? Maria Lozova, something, blah, blah, blah. Excellently done. Good yeah. research right there. Yeah. yeah. It's, I haven't written down. It's farther down my list, though. Yeah. It, but that's where uh, people will look at some of the things on that list of oh, well, we're not uh, killing folks, but we're simply making it impossible for them to think of themselves or be Ukrainian into the next generation. So they will, this as an identity might disappear in 10 to 15 years, 20 years, once the generation following this comes in. And so is that genocidal? And it's and that's where people will at least start to question those types of definitions or that type of labeling. Of like is cultural genocide genocide when you simply make them no longer Ukrainian without killing people. Well, that's why. And he's also killing lots of people. Let's make yeah, that yeah. Right I mean, it's like the yeah. indiscriminate bombings and stuff like that. That it's 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 either indiscriminate on purpose or because like, it's also very much he's like trying to de- destroy the idea of Ukraine. That, that Ukrainians yeah. are individual people, an individual uh, country, society, separate from it. I mean, I like I wouldn't put past him to if. If hypothetically Russia took over all of Ukraine, to them to try and almost destroy the Ukrainian language and like get that Absolutely. out of it, as, as like, yeah. a, like to just submit that that out. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like, well, they've they've come out and said that they do not think of it as a distinct identity, distinct uh, you know cultural group or whatever the case might be, and uh, and so therefore you know is, does not have a right to have its own country. And now let's even pretend that they were at least much more, sim- uh, you know, you know, almost exactly the same. That doesn't mean you can invade people and kill everybody. Yeah, I mean, and if you are not super, we're not going to go too deep into like everything happening in Ukraine. Uh, but if you want to know more, that you know, we have episodes on it, eighty two, eighty three, and eighty seven. So go check those out. If you're if you're kind of lost right now, go back and listen to those episodes before you listen to this one, um, just to kind of get a better idea. So on March 17th, so like very recently, they basically came out and said, the charges 
is unlawful deportation transfer of Ukrainian children from occupied areas of Ukraine to the Russian Federation, which basically the idea of re-educating them, which means yeah. brainwashing them so they can they'll be Russian rather than Ukrainian. Um, it's like I think it's the number they have right in the I think I forget which group it was, but it calculates is sixteen thousand two hundred twenty six children were deported. Mm-hmm. And for some somehow they brought back three hundred eight children. I don't know how how that was achieved. Yeah, I, I heard of that too. That yeah, they somebody got back away a bunch or something. Like, well, no, it was a full exchange that they've had going uh, on. Probably a prisoner exchange. So they're probably gonna yeah. So probably what is they're gonna try to make them. You try to use a lot more of them for more exchanges in the future and possibly whatnot. Um, I mean, Russia though is one of the countries that has a very real demographic problem where. Yes. People aren't having kids, and now they decided to solve that problem by sending all their young men off to, uh, you know, die in the money fields of Ukraine. That are all of them fleeing to Georgia and neighboring countries so they don't have to fight. If you can, I would. I mean, if I was told to do a I mean, bullshit there's invasion reports, of the there's country. reports of them that were, like, they're just using people as, uh, as, as uh, human waves by the barely even saying with any guns at it, all. It looks like World War One. It's yeah. it's like it's like that that opening scene in like um, Enemy at the Gates, which is like you but know the, a lot shittier. Yeah, it's just like you know it's like grab you have you have a rifle you have a piece you have a, a, a clip of ammo. It's like when the guy in front of you falls, pick up his rifle and continue. Well, the shitty thing about it is too that the rifle that is shown in that movie. Are still some of the same rifles yeah, they're the, issuing the, the now. Mosin, the Mosin I got. They yes. started. Russia's recently started bringing in tanks from the fifties. Yeah, yeah like more because tanks older enemies. than our parents. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and and Ukrainians are beginning uh, leopard you, leopards from Germany. Yeah. Now the Ukrainians yeah. are also using a bunch of old shit because they're using whatever yeah. they can get their hands on. I mean, that's this, but they're different. not pretending to be the second strongest. But what military if you're? In the world. Yeah, well, yeah. But what if you? Yeah. What if you are supposed to be? This great mighty power, you sign up or you're conscripted, and then you get in, like you're gonna be in a tank crew. Okay, be a little more protected, I guess, than the average guy. You get there, I'm not sure. Find out this that. tank is older than your grandpa, <laughs> and they tell you, "Oh yeah, you gotta run." And then you have to like learn how to use this archaic thing that that I'm sure on the inside, a lot of the parts have been replaced. Of like. I'm not God confident knows anything has been replaced by anything. Oh no, that's a lot of confidence. Oh no, hey, have. you know what? With enough duct tape and. Uh, yeah, I don't know, duct tape, and I don't know, you know, WD-40, do they have WD-40 there? I think they have WD-40 there. It's probably, probably got some Russian they, name, and it's, like, yeah. probably worse in some way. It's just it's just chicken grease? Probably is. It would make the tank smell great. This is vodka. <laughs> That's what you use to clean the paint, <laughs> and then you use the chicken grease to lubricate the wheels. There's the a dude that his entire job in the tank is just, instead of, lo- there's, you know, you got the loader, you got the commander, you got the gunner, and then you got the guy that's running around inside the tank with the WD-40, just, like, loosening everything up. Get out and push. <laughs> anyway, so the ICC. Uh- <laughs> the ICC. So, basically, you know, the issue is warrant. Russia's been, like, all pissy about it. They said, this is no one boy. It doesn't count because Russia's not a signatory and all that stuff to it. To the Rome statute, which yeah. is a treaty that makes the ICC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dmitry Medvedev, Medvedev, yeah, who is former president, former prime minister, is now uh, the deputy chairman of the Russia's Security Council. He said, in a, he in a statement, he said, "Gentlemen, everyone walks under God in missiles. It is quite possible to imagine the targeted use of hypersonic Onyx missiles by a Russian ship in the North Sea strikes in the Hague court building. Unfortunately, that could be shot down. So judges of the court watch the skies closely." I'm sure this had a lot more badass and like 
Russian, Russian but like what actually translated, it's just like it just sounds like somebody's been watching too many like Steven Seagal yeah, movies or something. Yeah. What a toothless, stupid threat that you're never actually going to do. Yeah. And also, what a, honestly a waste of munitions because then it's like, oh well, now you definitely get charged with war crimes. I mean, then I definitely don't think they could hit the court building. I don't think they could do it. They could barely hit targets in Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like. Do you think, yeah, once it enters NATO airspace, like, do you think that... Oh, yeah, and should... bring in a whole, you know, the NATO alliance for it. Yeah, do, do you want to do you, do you want to fight NATO? You can barely fight Ukraine. Yeah. You're not the second best army in the world. You're not even the second best army in Ukraine. So. Actually, <laughs> did you, one the question I answered. So when the uh, ICC, if they were if they were to convict someone like, like actually bring before the Hague and everything, let's just say, you know, in this, in a happier timeline where he's actually dragged before it... And charge and everything. Where do you keep him? Like, where do you? I think keep they him? keep him in the Hague. You keep him. Yeah, they keep him. They keep him actually like arrested thing. Yeah. So do they have like a like special prisons? These kinds of people. Uh, I don't. I mean, I I assume they have some type of special prison, but I don't know what it could. I don't know what it could possibly make it more special than anything else. Was it, was it like somewhere where they keep Magneto? Like X Men. <laughs> Got to make sure, like you know, he's not near any vodka or any metals. <laughs> Just all plastic, silver, and he's just sitting there playing like plastic chess with himself. <laughs> yeah. What Russians like chess? They're good. Listeners, you don't know how hard I was trying to like alley oop that joke to Tom. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, Tom made it like before as as Tom <laughs> makes, like, makes, yeah. makes his best jokes before yeah. we started recording. Yeah. No, no, but literally just made it. Okay, yeah, I was that was something I declared because it was. Everything I looked upon it was kind of vague. It seemed like it, was, it probably is, it's probably situational. It's probably strictly yeah. for like warlords in places that essentially are stateless or people who are stateless and just shouldn't be there. But for like an actual, well, a great power or Russia's case, kind Whatever of great are. power. Yes, um, kind of one. Uh, where would they? You know, where would they be kept? Um, yeah, I think I think largely been kept in Europe. Um, which is which is the complaint that like something they say the ICC is too Eurocentric because like a lot of like it's it's kind of like you know there's racism and stuff in it because like a lot of the people they're trying is like in our our warlords and stuff in Africa. Not an unfair criticism. Yeah. Also, the idea of the Dutch being jailers is kind of funny. From just like a, it's not what you would picture when you picture the Dutch, but you know, like them having some crazy maximum security prison where they keep the likes of someone like Putin. That'd be something you'd figure, like, oh, or that'd be, oh, I'm sure it's, like, somewhere in the hills of, like, Switzerland or, like, Germany or, I don't know, maybe... A mountain fortress in Switzerland. Yeah, or maybe or maybe it's, like, off the island of Corsica or something. Like, there's something crazy like that. Like, or it's just some island everyone forgot about that the British still own and all they got there was a prison. Like, something like that. But no, it's the Dutch. Making all these St. Helena and Elba jokes. Calling yeah. back to the boys of uh, 18, <laughs> 1814. Where you guys at? <laughs> <laughs> But um, and then China came out and basically said um, the ICC needs to take an objective and just position to respect the jurisdictional impunity of a head of state under national law, prudent exercise and mandate in accordance with the law, interpret and apply international law in good faith, and not engage in politicization or use in double standards. This is rich coming from a country where you're like, um, so you can't. So fun fact, folks, you can watch live streams of court proceedings in China now. Um, the way it works essentially in China is groups of people are brought before the judge, um, shackled with the police. They are then their charges are read and the evidence, the judge then says, sounds good to me. And then they're sentenced and then they're found guilty and there they go. Uh, I mean, I know right after the 
uh, charges were placed, there was a lot of discussion of like, oh, well, will uh, will she, the president of China, uh, still go to see Putin? You know, standing there next to him, shake his hand, and all that. And I think uh, if you're kind of naive, you'd be like, oh no, they're gonna uphold the respect for this treaty. Nah. And come on, no, that's that yeah. clearly wasn't gonna be the case. I mean, China's concentration camps must be fucking real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Uyghurs. I would actually argue that China is the closest thing we have in this world to like a cyberpunk society like dystopia like it's just uh in only the bad ways yeah in all the bad ways none of the cool ways they don't have any of the cool tech like it's just but during uh like their covid lockdowns when people would protest from bullet trains. when when they would stand when they would like stand on their balconies and protest drones would come up and like tell people go back inside you're spreading covid just like that kind of stuff or drones would go by like just telling people things it's just this some have, scary that is yeah that's something straight out of a shit. cyberpunk like novel but none of the, you get none of the cool parts it's like they've achieved we're going through the most boring di- you know apocalypse in the world that's what you're saying i'll call it apocalypse i just say most boring uh i don't know just most, most boring version of any of these novels mm, yeah and also in a lot of it but thankfully not the most horrific but yeah pretty pretty messed up yeah the uh i mean the it goes to the question though of is it something where uh i mean because uh, you know china clearly doesn't care russia clearly doesn't care uh several other you know major countries in the world do uh but is there any actual chance that putin could face these charges it, or really like it's really more it's like will is there any chance that putin's ever going to set foot again in a country that is a member of the icc and or and and is also one that would actually attempt to send him to there. Well, that's that's why it's like one of the the things is like he's supposed to go to a BRICS um, summit in uh, yes, South Africa in um, August, and now South America, South America, South Africa is like debating whether or not like the rescind his offer or be like, oh, you shouldn't come, or like maybe they make it virtual or something so he doesn't have to come and make trying to kind of like bow out of it a little bit, or the because like. Or the the well they're they're the current ruling party which is pro Russian, is basically like oh maybe we should just um back out of the Rome statue and then the occupant the opposition is basically saying like no we have to go through the parliament to do that so tough shit and it, it, yeah the court be- said you were legally unable to do that yeah yeah, yeah. then it, but part of it is South Africa is the case where you've had the ruling party has had the majority there for two thirds majority for a long time and so. It, uh, and they have a close relationship with Russia for quite some time, and so it puts them in a really uh, sticky situation. Like it, they're yeah. awkward as I mean, shit right I now. I mean, the Economist had recently an article that I highly recommend folks read that really goes into more detail about how Russia's uh, friend number of friends in the world is quickly shrinking, and it is quickly becoming a motley lot of. It's like, yeah, you got friends, but like, you know, maybe you're better off if you didn't have them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, well, I mean, South Africa is a, is a weird example because, like, in 2015, they didn't arrest uh, Omar al-Bashir of Sudan, who was there for a, uh, I think, African Union summit. So there's no way in hell they're going to arrest South, P5. South Africa, yeah. South Africa is similar to uh, would be, India. Wouldn't it be a mad lad like, fucking move, though, by South Africa to fucking just arrest the one of the most powerful fucking what are you 16 calling a country mad lads what the fuck's wrong with you south South africa Africa doesn't have really a military so it's kind of they'd be kind of vulnerable yeah but how the hell do they get i mean it's how is russia gonna get them from there (laughs) i haven't they have a navy i think 
I mean, it's, it's it's a joke of a navy. They have to like they're going to oh, play yeah. half Africa. of it's bottled up in the Black Sea. The other half is stuck in port, and the other half is blowing so much smoke it can hardly get anywhere without being tugged. Oh, I know. Um, it I don't know. That's a good question. But I was sorry to say was uh South Africa is similar to India in the sense that they always kind of try to really play the non-aligned kind of power they always yeah. have um Not and very much case in the world um well I'm, and most when i talk about south africa i'm talking about republic of south africa from 1994 onward not the apartheid south africa beforehand, which was an entirely different basket case yeah. um that's just generally what they have tried to do and to some degree to brazil kind of pretty much i remember the bricks but like that's well, brazil uh, apparently said that they would arrest him if he came to brazil yeah so brazil yeah, is like six stands more than this but i'm talking about like historically um and also part of it brazil said that because bolsonaro is now out yeah because apparently bolsonaro is what was he doing visiting the u.s recently or something that, you, anyway that's you, another you're topic. staying in mar-a-lago for like three months just just pal around i mean just i can't wait for i can't handy. wait yeah if they if they do have to go down and pick up and arrest uh Trump there, I can't wait for, like, they knock on the door, and then Bolsonaro answers it, and then you see a surprise when it's the FBI or something. You're not here for me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> after the shit that happened in Bra- Brasilia, after, um... They stole they're, the They're, yeah. like, di- they're discount in January 6th. Yeah, they're... they're Because not... at least, okay, at least... With the yeah, ju- we, yeah, yeah we, like... we did it first. Well, also, like, were they strong? <laughs> none, of the, none of their members of, like, their Congress, their Parliament, uh, like, says... There's legislative branch and uh, or the president. Nobody was home, so they caused a bunch of damage. But it was just kind of, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it's, it's like they didn't even check a calendar to see who's in. Yes, because that's what the worst thing they did was they didn't properly calendar and like set a exactly you know, send, send a Skype invite. If you're gonna to, go try uh, and overthrow a parliament, pro tip: you should check to see if they're in session first. Yeah. It's kind of hard to do it when they're all not there. Tom, again, taking the worst lessons from all these major world events. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know some of our viewers might be in countries that have less than reputable governments and that one day might need to hashtag rise up. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> anywho. Anywho. Um, so it was, it was interesting that uh, you mentioned it before with China, where China was saying, yeah, they need to recognize that he's a head of state. Because that was a thing, at least in, uh, not in written down uh, like treaty uh, law anywhere, but it was simply essentially an agreement among, amongst nations that you can't charge another head of state with a crime. That, you know, your country does something, they uh, they sponsor somebody, they do a bombing, whatever the case might be. But the head of state is almost infallible, according to international custom that they cannot be charged and even actually the icj not to be confused with icc the international court of justice stated and upheld that a couple years ago saying that yeah head of state cannot be charged it's it's also because it makes difficult in a lot of countries um people uh, at a certain level are without like them blatantly say it are almost considered above you know above the law Granted, in the U.S., we've always insisted that well, yeah, we always insisted that that isn't the case. However, we we may one day, unfortunately, test it like for a sitting for a sitting president. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like for sitting president. However, um, you know, with a lot of countries, that's that's absolutely not the case. That's just that while you're president, you and then they charge them afterwards. Um, Have any examples? 
Korea. South Korea. Well, I mean, uh, South Korea just racking up. Just they, they, they collect their presidents afterwards in jail. Apparently, they've got like how many have they put away now since it, becoming it was, a democracy in the eighties? It was two out of the past three have gone to prison, that and is. it would have almost been three out of the last four, but the individual died while they were going through the. It makes you almost wonder if it's is it a job that criminals are attracted to because the common korean politician maybe is just like all of them are getting all of them are getting arrested i don't want to go anywhere near that you know when you see you know it's like if there's a job available that maybe you might be qualified for but you just notice that two-thirds of the people who do it get arrested i think normally most rational people are like no no i'm I'm not gonna submit my resume yeah like that or the governor of illinois you know yeah people like that yes Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, to what I was saying though, it is a it is something where you have these two major courts that at least somewhat disagree on this, and but I mean I think the ICC the entire time has been like yeah hey don't commit crimes or we're gonna charge you. It also makes it difficult if too, we can get the have, but actually charge somebody. It also makes it difficult when you have like Russia and the United States aren't members. Ukraine isn't a member as well. Although Ukraine has given them authority to uh, prosecute from understand war crimes within Ukraine, that kind of at least for the time being. Um, but it does make it hard for... Yeah, they, they started if you're doing that to... in 2014, after, like, the... Yes. After, after everything um, that happened with, uh... Little Green it, it also... But from my they still aren't a member. Um, the... It also makes it hard, too, if you are supposed to be the International Criminal Court of Justice to... I mean, because it's supposed to represent a... An idea of international law, you know, upholding anyone, no matter where in the world they are, for their crimes. It does make it very... And always has like challenge the like the legitimacy of the court when you don't have the U.S. and you don't have Russia and some others as members. And that it was I think always, until maybe that day if it ever comes that will always be a big challenge for it. Um, because ideally, ideally if we lived in an ideal world where every nation was a democracy, there would I would hope be some kind of semblance of some international law like that. Unfortunately, uh, we do not live in such a world. Yeah, I mean at the U.S. for example, you know we we. But George W. Bush signed the American Services Protection Act, or the Hague Invasion Act, which is commonly called. Are you telling me George W. Bush was not a, um, let me put this slightly, ally of uh, international law and at all? I mean, we had the, I mean, there was a global war on terrorism, which was a nice thing. So that's a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but there's also there's a thing called the Geneva Code. I'm pretty sure I remember us violating. Yeah, I mean, there was, there's, it's complicated, <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean, not, he basically, I mean, yeah, oh, I know, but I've been thinking, I'm saying, like, yeah, we, I am not surprised that George W. Bush, uh, yeah, they wanted, we wanted that. to, yeah, we basically want to protect our people from the the Hague because I mean, there's just like war crimes. I mean, we've we've also largely charged our own people. I mean, Trump was letting them yes. all out of fucking prison. They're like all the Blackwater guys. Mm-hmm. Um, who who shot up like all those, and the Iraqis like back in like the two thousands. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, and that, that's one thing too. It's the a democracy like the United States, um, unlike such, unlike any authoritarian regime, does actually have in its society and its laws to actually have some some form of uh, self reflection. So when such crimes are committed, a process can be set up and a conversation can be had to prevent such things from happening in the future. It doesn't always work. Absolutely not. Yeah, it's just especially from after some of the stuff that happened. Um, like the My Lai massacre in Vietnam, um, where a lot of those that were not charged crimes, there was a lot of talk about ways to reform 
for that. And so it's, again, it's not perfect, but that is one thing that does set apart countries like the United States and other free societies is a, there is something for like a, not only reflection, but actually a conversation to actually go on and make, it'd try be, and try and prevent this from happening again. It'd be a question though of, there, there's a often desire and the ideal to do that, mm-hmm. but then the process is severely lacking in backing that up. Yeah, that's correct. And, yes. and like, I'm, I'm not even sure if we actually did sign the Rome Statute that, that would fix that because they're, again, relatively slow with doing things. That's correct. However, um, one thing I'd point out difference to that is if you go to Europe, there is a, in France, a graveyard for dishonorably discharged and those who committed all crimes things of of American and other Allied soldiers during World War II, who were tried for doing terrible things while they, they're abroad, vice versa. Um, so everybody's probably seen the famous picture, or well, anybody who listen to this, this picture of when the Soviets took Berlin. You see these guys at the very top of the tower, then raising the Soviet flag. So that was edited before it was released because the guy actually his hand was covered yeah. in wristwatches because the Soviets went about looting everything. Yeah. Um, the in all, and whereas uh, I distinctly remember a story that I was told by my father from my grandfather, where there was a guy that in when he was in World War Two that he remembers watch getting absolutely reprimanded and sent away by military police because for looting. The guy only took like three things from like a store. Granted, like it's still stealing, but it's just like there's a difference between that mechanism and then the you know like like it's a it's imperfect, but it's there's actually mechanism for that kind of, like I said, betterment. And so, but you're right that the process, oftentimes though, and being created, does get in the way and let things slip through the cracks. And it is an absolutely imperfect system. Well, and, and on the exact opposite end of that thing of it being a democracy, which does mean that there is rule of law, but it also means that all of that can get politicized, mm-hmm. and that it's like, oh well, uh, if if people do things wrong and wherever that is, oh you're being. Uh, weak on foreign policy or mm-hmm. you're not uh or you know you're you know you're trying to uh it, it's, mi- a, you it's know. a foreign ex- policy extension of the whole soft on crime hard on crime like strong on crime yeah. kind of stuff and that that just pollutes more nuanced discussions about crime enforcement law enforcement um their relation and, with the general public well that and then and there's it it all becomes politicized and then there's also a question of oh well are we now going to uh, you know, deploy men, you know, young men overseas, give them all guns and put them in stressful situations. And then... In a uh, country that has, like, a shattered legal system or is and, essentially stateless. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then say, you know, leave them there to be prosecuted where they're not sure they're good at fair trial. There's no good answer to these, but mm-hmm. it's something where, I mean, uh, other other regimes and forms of governments may just not care. But I think that, like, Right now, we have an idea that we want to do these things, but I think we're—I think we're pretty shit at it, to be frank. Oh, uh, we are, and we could be so much better than we could be. It's, uh, and it, and it's also distressing that compared to so many other countries, despite how shit we are at it, we're better, better than so better than so many oh, other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, that, it's it's uh, it's, no doubt. Yeah, um, not to put this on a really down note, but I mean, anytime you talk about international law, it's gonna get dark real quick. Yeah. But um, this is a great conversation. I wish we had more time, but we're kind of running down to it. So I want to ask one last question. I'd like to know, was this arrest warrant for Putin, was it a worthless gesture? Or was it 
worth it is is it worth it because it, it makes him a pariah to a certain extent so he's like it makes him his, his ability to travel is limited now he he's not going to go to the big conferences that are on he's not going to come to he's not going to come to unga next year you know <laughs> I, I think i think he it already has like had the case in a way it's like almost like the icc throwing it's weight behind a lot of the rest of the international order and that he's already like become a pariah i, I, I don't see Ever, I mean, unless unless Trump from prison or jail, wherever he happens with him, um, ends up being president again, I don't see another U.S. president ever in a meeting room shaking hands with him, uh, with Putin, um, I, regardless if there's an ICC thing out for him or not. So I think in ways they're just kind of putting it behind him, but also just kind of, it, it's, it's part of the acceleration of the isolation of Russia in this case. So it was just kind of something that I think inevitably was going to happen, but also in a way that the court kind of in some ways probably kind of had to do this to, like to, to show up their own legitimacy because if they just kind of ignore this going on for too long, it kind of makes you know their... Uh... Makes them look impotent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, uh, it, it directly had at least an effect upon uh, the way that Putin and Russia therefore is seen in the world and so that it will have an impact. Now, you may argue that that's not the point of the court. The point of the court is to pursue justice when things are done wrong. Uh, and I mean, that's, again, a whole nother conversation here. But I think automatically from the start, it has shown that there is a consequence to this action. And yeah, now he can basically not really go anywhere in the EU anymore, besides maybe a few select countries. Uh, but <laughs> Hungary? I didn't say anything, but yes, that one. Um, but there's a direct consequence of that now. And then for a lot of uh, other states, they then have to, like South Africa, a country that's at least fairly uh, comfortable with the Russian Federation, they then have to have a, just a headache internally of like, ah, crap. Yeah. You know, we we have to make South a decision. Fault, it's they're still a way. democracy, so they still yeah. have to ant, like actually transition to, to power. Yeah, and to yeah. some ideals, they, they aren't a you know just some authoritarian yeah. regime. It's not Syria. No, it is not. But uh, yeah. So uh, if you're interested, in it, we can follow us on our, all of our socials at at almost Diplo. And uh, that was almost automatic. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Doodles. <laughs>